0: Welcome, everyone, to the edition of the Mobility podcast series. I'm here with Stefana Verdi from Luxit. Stefana, welcome to the show. You and I know each other for a while. You're doing some unique things, and I think many people may not realize how important lighting is in the mobility space, not only in the past, but certainly today, and for sure also in the future, so maybe explain a little bit your role, what company you're working for, what you guys are doing, and then let's let's jump in and, and see how you see the future of mobility and how you see with your technologies, help reimagine how we see mobility today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Stefan. Thank you for the opportunity. Like you said, I'm the, the, the CEO of Luxit Group. Luxit Group is a new supplier that uh, we put together with the acquisition of five different companies. We are about $250 million in terms of revenue. We have five plants in the US, two in Taiwan, two in China. And we do lighting. We do lighting as a tier two, supporting all the headlamp and rear lamp manufacturers all over the globe and mainly in North America. And And we do lighting as a tier one, doing all the small lamps. So it can be fog lamp, stop lamp, side marker, side repeater, license plate lamp, and more and more interior lighting as well. So that's we are you you are an an expert in powertrain avl is an expert in powertrain so you know better than me that in the past with ice engine and powertrain it was pretty easy to differentiate the vehicles from one brand to the other from one model to the other based on powertrain itself now with ev tell me what you think but it seems to me as a user that there are less differences with the ev ev vehicle so the car manufacturers the oem the brands They need to find new ways to differentiate vehicles. And I think lighting is really instrumental in this. With the EV introduction, we see that lighting is also getting more real estate around the vehicle. One simple reason. With EV, you have less engine noise, less train noise. So it's even more important for the car to be seen to avoid accident to make sure that the people around the vehicle notice the vehicle. So we see a lot of opportunities, a lot of new areas where we are adding lighting. In terms of differentiation, you've seen I'm sure some lead badges, lead logos, lead thread plates. We are putting light in in new areas. One great area also for differentiation, to create a look, uh, brand identity, is uh, the grill. Uh, in the past, with ICE, you need the grill to cool the engine compartment. Now you don't need this function anymore. So you can introduce lights. You can do a lot of different styling and, and, and pretty cool uh, design. So that's that's what we do. And on and, and lighting, and that's really a, a, a great motivation for me, for my team, it's also always about safety we are in the business of uh, of saving life. And I don't think everyone is uh, is realizing this. There are about 1.3, 1.4 million fatalities on the road every year, which is uh, far too much, far too many. I think we are all trying to focus on the vision of zero fatalities. I hope we're going to reach this one day with uh, technology, with autonomous driving, with uh, uh, all the trends uh, that we are able, all the technology we are able to implement in the new vehicles. But... 72 percent of the fatalities occur during night so i think there is a direct correlation between the quality of your lighting the 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 kind of features we can offer to the drivers to the users and and the safety on the road and and so that's something that keeps us busy keeps us focused and we try to support our customers on this in terms of our vision there are a lot of trends when we look for example at uh, autonomous driving I don't think we are really close to level five, but we are in the middle of level two, three, and getting closer to level four. When you start uh, having some portion of your morning driving or your commute to to work, where you don't need to pay full attention to to the road, where you don't need to be fully focused on the steering wheel and what's coming up at you, then you can start uh, reading your morning paper. You can start answering your emails, drinking your coffee, being a little distracted. And this is when your vehicle is becoming your second living room. And this is where you start speaking about ambient lighting, mood lighting. This is where we can introduce a lot of cool features. And, and this is what we are doing. And more and more, we are presenting to the interior lighting, bringing technologies, bringing some some comfort also to, to the passengers and the drivers of the vehicles.
0: Very interesting. Stephanie. Talk to me a little bit. I felt like for the last, maybe up until about five years ago, a lot of lighting focus and effort was given to interior lighting, right? So that the customer can, whatever, different color lightings in, in night driving or, or, or accessorizing to some degree the interior or the, the in-cabin experience, and then I felt like things maybe have shifted a little bit over the last five years. We're going to adaptive lighting now, uh, sensors that are getting integrated, such as LiDAR sensors and other type of sensors into the headlights and the taillights. Where do you see the future of innovation happening in lighting? Is it interior? Is it exterior? Is it dependent on, as you just mentioned, you know, we go in autonomous and we need more sensor places, uh, places to put sensors how do you guys see who are really in the middle of this of this of this industry and this trend? Maybe
1: no, I I, I think we go both ways. Lots of innovation and content uh, expansion on the interior lighting for the reason I just mentioned. The vehicle becoming your your second living room and new new functions being introduced. And I think we are in the middle of this, and I think we're going to continue to see some increase uh, trend towards this increasing content. In terms of exterior lighting, we've seen uh, a trend of digitalization of light, pixelization of light. We see more and more reducing the size of the lighting elements, and and LEDs are really offering always... And less opportunities in terms of styling, in terms of technologies, and in terms of efficiencies also. The efficiency of the LEDs is increasing. So so if we have innovations on the interior, we have innovation on the exterior. And I think one of the main trends is to see lighting gaining some new real estate around the vehicles.
0: I think, I think an interesting thing I, I read about maybe four or five years ago, I don't know, but quite a while back, so several years back was, and I haven't seen it in the fields so I want to ask you if it actually exists yet, is was technology that they were talking about where the light actually becomes smart enough to see that there's another person walking on the side of the road, and it automatically would adjust where the light goes, so I wouldn't be blinded if I ride a bicycle, or if I walk on the sidewalk, or... Whatever it might be, is is that technology there and is it widely deployed or is it more in some very specific applications?
1: No, absolutely, the technology is there. We we use it in a matrix headlamp, uh, for example. It's not the the light. It's the light is part of a system of a system that has a, a camera uh, in, in most of the cases. But uh, the light is also helping the radar, the light, and um, there is definitely a trend, like you mentioned, of uh, integrating this. New, new elements of the vehicles, like a radar or light camera, into lighting because the lighting pieces are beautiful pieces, and usually we hide this ugly radar, this ugly lidar, behind a bezel, behind a decorating element inside a headlamp or inside a rear lamp, to to keep the harmony of the design, to keep the harmony and the appealing aspect of of the vehicle
0: what are you guys at looks at seeing as it relates to insourcing and outsourcing a lot of a lot of talk right now over the last year maybe specifically to the ira when it comes to batteries right you got to do the batteries in the us so that you can qualify for certain government incentives and, and 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 whatnot how do you guys see it when it comes to headlights is is it a similar discussion Are you doing it to be strategically more prepared to compete in the U.S. market that you said earlier you're heavily focused on? Or what do you see when it comes to insourcing and outsourcing, which, again, is not a trend or a reimagining mobility topic from a vehicle, but from the complete ecosystem that some of our listeners and viewers are interested to know about more as well?
1: Yeah. At Luxit, we don't do headlamp. We don't do rear lamp but we support as a tier two, the headlamp and the rear lamp makers. And we see that more and more the headlamp and rear lamp makers, they use outsourcing to, to focus on the critical elements of their products. So they rely heavily on companies like us, and there are not oh. so many that have the set of skills that uh, we are able to have that are very specific to the lighting industry. And more and more, instead of supplying to a company just a plastic part or aluminum die casting heat sink, we, we do a full subassembly, we do a full module. So there is clearly a trend towards outsourcing more of the content of the head lamp and rear lamp. Ten, fifteen 15 years ago, a headlamp was 25 parts in the bill of material. Today, you have headlamps with 300, 350 components. So this increased complexity is forcing the headlamp and rear lamp makers to outsource some of the sub-assemblies to companies like us. Uh, yeah. In our tier one business, in the small business, the fog lamp that we produce, for example, we are very unique in this. We are the only player... Uh, able to fully vertically integrate uh, every element of these lamps. We produce the plastic parts, we do the metallization, we do the coating, the hard coating, the anti-fog coating, we do the electronics. We have uh, five SMT lines right now and are looking to expand our electronic capacity. And we have a fully automatic assembly process. And that's the reason why we are able to reshore the production of small lighting in the United States. Uh, we have five plants in the US and our customers are really demanding to be localized close to their plants. I think in the last few years with COVID, with the supply chain issues that um, our industry has faced, uh, everyone has realized the benefits of having your suppliers close to your assembly plants. So that's what we offer to to our OEMs, to the, to the customers. We offer the proximity. At the same time, we still need to, uh, to be cost competitive. So the Vertical integration that we are offering is giving us this competitive advantage in terms of cost that allowing us to to localize in the U.S.
0: Very interesting. And if you, Stephanie, if you look five years forward, do you see that trend continuing, as you mentioned, that the, the tier one LAMP providers come to you for technologies that they may not have or for capabilities that they don't want to do? as well as for insuring, so to speak, so production in the U.S.? Do you see that continue or do you see something changes again once the human mind, once we forget about that there was COVID and supply chain issues, we forget about it and we go back to what we did before, which is push everything outside the U.S.? What do you see right now?
1: Yeah, I I see these two trends. So first, uh, I think the lighting companies that are making headlamp and lamp. They will invest more and more in electronics and less and less in plastic and plastic injection Uh and and surface treatment investment. So I think there are opportunities for us to continue to to grow as a a partner and as an assembler of a small uh, modules for them. As far as the car manufacturers, I think the trend is here to stay. Um, They want a regional panel of suppliers. I don't think anymore the the U.S. car manufacturers want to import too much products from uh, Southeast Asia, from China. I I think they are adopting some regional strategies. So for the cars they produce in the U.S., they want U.S. suppliers. For the cars they produce in China, they want Chinese suppliers. For the cars they produce in Europe, they want European suppliers. They want to avoid the cross-flow between the regions. But I think at the same time, they they would like to have only one development partner. So if you are a global company like we are, you are able to support the car manufacturer with the right development capacity in the region that they need it. And then you are able to produce locally in each of the market. You are you are answering their needs. And, and uh, I think this is the trend for the, the years to come for sure.
0: Interesting, interesting. And you alluded a little bit to it. my next question I wanted to ask. So You said you see less and less lamp manufacturers, let's say tier ones, right? To, to focus on the plastic, they start to focus more on the electronics, which is great for you because the other part is what you do and that, that's increased business, right? For what others don't want to do as a perfect fit. But generally speaking, when it comes to lamps, is it then fair to say with, with that comment you made that even lamps now are getting more and more focused on the electronics and on the software, similar to what we see with the vehicle as a as a whole, right? We're talking about the software-defined vehicle, the software on wheels or whatever, all the terminologies we're hearing nowadays. Is it then something that everybody always assumed is a is a piece of plastic with a with a lamp sticking out that we call the front or the, the tail light? Is that heavily moving into much more software focused and, and software not controlled but defined
1: to some degree yeah absolutely I mean every every lamp but it's almost valid for every part of the car every every lamp is a smart lamp it's smart lighting for us in the small lighting business the interior lighting is is getting more and more software content you know you want to to be able to command the intensity of lighting with with a gesture only for example you you want to uh, the vehicle to recognize who is the driver today to adapt to the setting to to this specific person, for example, we have more and more welcome features in the vehicle, so the vehicle recognizes whose cell phone is uh, in the pocket of the person coming, and then so if it's if it's you, Stefan, then there will be a the the swiss flag if it's me there will be the french flag if it's jeremiah there will be the american flag you know um, you a welcome features for example we uh, we have products already that uh, we are selling to our customers where you can customize your welcome features based on lighting we have a uh, small logo projections it's pretty high resolution you can also uh, project some small movies small videos and you can project the logo of your favorite sports team. You can project the picture of your kids. You can project whatever you want. And for sure, there are regulations. The regulations are pretty easy to deal with when the car is in parking position. Obviously, when the car is in movement, it's 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 more complicated. But the regulations will evolve. And we see areas in the world, like China, for example, that are becoming very permissible. And you can do a lot of things in China that you can't do in Europe and that you can't do in the U.S. Today, the U.S. is a little behind in terms of allowing these new features, these new functions to be legal on the road.
0: So so let's stick for a moment with the, with the French flag. I think that was a great example. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to look for my next car to be able to put that flag down and, and see what I can do there. The French flag, so that kind of feature, which I think is... Let's just call it cool, right? I'm not sure that's the right word, but maybe the American way to say it—it's a cool feature, and it's—it's it's a differentiation, and it—it and it, it brings the car closer to something that I feel is my own, right? I customize it. Where do you see the trend where OEMs want to have that? Is it—is it at the high end vehicle? Is it at the it it the, the middle? Is it at the lower end, or are they pushing it out across the board? What is it? What's the trend that you're seeing where some of these features, again, that's just an example, but other ones are these advanced features that you just mentioned, where who are, who are the OEMs pushing them, or at least the German OEM or the European OEMs, where the, the legal environment allows it, but not the US ones? Is it the Asian ones? Is it the high end vehicle, the low end? Where do you see it?
1: If you stick with our example, that's a very simple thing to to do. You know, it's a static projection, obviously in, in color, but you don't need a super high resolution. It's not like you project a video. It, it's mm. not very expensive. And, and this type of of projection system that you can do exterior and interior, by the way, uh, I think every car manufacturer right now is looking at it. You know, it's, mm. it's pretty cheap to do. Uh, but why? You know, I think um clearly there is a trend towards share mobility i mean the trend was even much stronger before covid covid i think has yeah. slowed this down a little bit but it's still out yep. there you know and when one vehicle is is being shared by different users, still as a user you want to feel it's your own vehicle when you use it you know so you want to have ways to uh, customize this vehicle to have ways to feel that's my car that's my vehicle and and this little these little functions are part of uh, the customization. You can add your own settings for interior lighting. You can add your own welcome features. You can add, uh, you know, the same way that the seat is also recognizing you. You know, the seat will will, will have the setup that you have pre pre recorded before. So there, I think I think that's the trend that's driving this and shared mobility, so that you can have different users of the same vehicle of the same car.
0: Very interesting. Do, do you see? In that trend exactly what we just talked about do you see the oems looking at this as something you gotta have to compete again you know tesla has a lot of bells and whistles of what you can configure and lights and things that you can do on the screen and other type of features and as you mentioned other oems are now starting to bring that as well or ha- already have but do you see this as a trend that is looking at differentiating your product or is it something yeah everybody's doing it so I have to do it as well, just to kind of keep up. Where do you see that ultimately going? I mean, each brand
1: has their own, has their own uh, brand identity. My personal test: I think less is is more. You know, I, I I don't want my car to look like a Christmas tree the entire year. <laughs> Maybe for one week in the year, or one month in the year. So every brand is defining who they are in terms of uh, style, and and that's I think. One of the the power of lighting is you are part of defining the the brand identity, the family feeling, the signature also of the vehicle when you look at the vehicle from the back. So that's why we we are working with the studio. That's why we're working with the marketing department. That's why we are at the crossroad of different stakeholders inside the the car manufacturers.
0: Let's go back to what you said, I think, a little bit earlier that, that lighting is really and your company is in the middle of it trying to protect lives, right? So it's a way of not only giving the driver a better view forward or backwards or sideways maybe as well, but also to let other road users or potential pedestrians know that there's a vehicle coming, right? What is it What is it that you see going forward that lighting needs to do even more, or maybe the OEMs need to do even more with lighting that maybe today we're not doing, specifically as it relates to safety and example, uh, might be total example, totally out of the blue. More lights. We need more lights. A vehicle is not lit enough enough right now, or needs to be more targeted lighting, or lighting needs to be tied together with noise. As soon as we detect another road user, another pedestrian, specifically, we go into EVs, are so much more quiet than than ICE. Stefan, where do you see it there? Again, as we reimagine mobility, where do you see lighting? maybe not used enough specifically as it relates to safety? Lighting has has two functions,
1: is to see and to be seen. These are the two functions of what we do. So I, I think, especially with the EV penetration, the to be seen functions needs to continue to be enhanced. And we need to make sure that if you cannot hear the vehicle coming, at least you see it. I think that's very important. Um, the to see function, someone could think, yeah, if one day the car is fully uh, autonomous, if we reach a level five, we don't need lights, you know, nobody needs to see. I, I, I disagree. I think it's, I think for the cameras, for example, to work uh, correctly, you need a minimum of lighting. You need a, a good, uh, a good lit environment to be able to detect uh, the objects that are coming at you or that are around the vehicle. Here, I think we need to work more on the, Connections between the lighting system of the vehicle and the other sensor system, if you want, more and more will evolve from lighting companies to sensing companies. I think this is the sense of of history here in terms of safety, the more light, the better for the driver, but still you need to be careful for the oncoming traffic not to not to glare the oncoming traffic, not to create danger for the others. so the best technology that is available on the market is the the matrix technology where you are able to isolate the 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 area of the 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 vision of the oncoming traffic so you can always be on high beam if you want you can always have the maximum of light projected on the hall and and still uh, avoid glaring the oncoming drivers the oncoming traffic this has been available for several years now but unfortunately, it took a long time to become legal in the U.S., and still, uh, it's not fully applicable the way we'd like it to be applicable. So, I'm a firm believer that the matrix technology can save life, and, and I think that's definitely something we need to do a, a better job as an industry in terms of accelerating implementation of, of these technologies.
0: Interesting. And then maybe the last question, Stephanie, outside of lighting. What what excites you the most about the future of mobility? Is it is it eVTOLs? Is it is it autonomous vehicles? Is it that uh, you don't have to go to the grocery store, but a, a robot brings you exactly what you order directly to your doorsteps? What is it that excites you? Again, outside the lighting for a moment, please.
1: I know. I like to drive my car, so I'm not that excited about autonomous driving. I mean, sometimes it can be practical when you have something else to do and need to get somewhere. But uh, I hope we're still going to be able to drive uh, vehicles. You know, I uh, I think there are ways also to keep uh, ICE, uh, you know, green. I, I think there are ways that uh, ICE can be even greener than EVs. And uh, I'd like that we don't forget about this, you know. And uh, I'm not in a powertrain business, so I leave this to uh, experts like like you, Stefan. But I still would like to to keep some ICE on the roads and and uh, have fun driving my vehicle if if I if I want to, you know. So maybe that's not uh, the vision of everyone. That's not the vision of the future. But uh, at least that's my uh, personal
0: opinion. That's good. That, that's all that matters here. Thank you so much, Stefan, for your time and for insight into an area that. Probably very few people outside of the immediate industry of of lamps and lighting are familiar with. But again, very important as we've just learned over the last 25 minutes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.